Today's episode of the Nick Clock Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Spring has pretty much officially sprung, and if you are ready to rock with that spring project, with some new windows, new door, whatever, you can make it happen with Pella. You can do a couple of things. You can schedule a free in-home consultation where you can get a Pella expert out to come and look at your home, sit down with you, discuss your budget, your wants, your needs, and they're going to be able to put together a Greg McDermott-esque game plan for you, or you can head out to one of Pella showrooms in Lincoln or in Omaha, which is also a great place to get started as well. You can turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza, the greatness, the excellence, the tremendousness of a Runza sandwich is something that needs to be enjoyed at all times. And Runza helps make that happen. Did you know Runza can ship Runza sandwiches to your front door. It's true. Yeah. Runza can bake, freeze, and send a dozen Runza sandwiches right to your door. For more information and to order, visit Runza.com. That's Runza.com. Runza makes it all better. Okay. I am taping this. It is uh, March 3rd, Thursday, uh, early evening, and we got a couple of things to discuss in the world of Creighton basketball. First of all, Boy, what a game. What an environment on Wednesday night in Omaha with Creighton beating UConn. I was, uh, it was a privilege to be on the call with uh, Kevin Kugler on FS1. And it's an, it just a great environment, great game. And in a lot of ways, that game kind of had the feeling of a tournament game. You could just really feel the urgency from Creighton. The crowd was awesome. The environment was outstanding. And that win, in my opinion, guarantees a bid to the NCAA tournament for Creighton. I think I think it locks them in there. Twelve Big East wins, twenty overall. You swept UConn. You swept Marquette. You beat Nova. Basically, worse than anybody not named Baylor beat Nova. To me, now it's it's pretty much a done deal. Creighton is going to the NCAA tournament. Feels like a foregone conclusion now, and that is just incredible considering what I saw from this team early on in the year. And if you go back and check the the, the early pods about Creighton from me on my podcast. Like I was fairly consistent early on in the season that I wasn't, I wasn't sure this was an NCAA tournament team. I wouldn't, I had so many people, what is this team a tournament team? Are your expectations a tournament? Do you think they go to the tournament? I just, I never was willing to go there. Like I just know for me, I can, I can vividly remember leaving the SIU Edwardsville game. I, I remember I did the game on the radio. I took off my headset. I remember leaving the arena it was a game where Creighton had to rally to win at home on November 27th against an awful SIU Edwardsville team. And I remember telling John Bishop and telling John Niatawa, who was obviously the Creighton beat writer at the time, like I remember telling both those guys kind of like, man, it's, Creighton's, it's gonna, Creighton getting into the NIT would be a good year. And here we are three months later, and Creighton is in third place in the Big East. They have 12 Big East wins. It's amazing. So what happened? Greg McDermott happened. This is Greg McDermott's best coaching season of his career. It is his best coaching season of his career, period. Because let's all let's take a step back. It, uh, this is going to be kind of like a Greg McDermott appreciation podcast. I, I want to talk about Coach McDermott for a second. 
Just you know, We're going to zoom way out, and then we'll kind of really slowly zoom in then on this year. I always find it interesting what sticks with you, good or bad. Like in sports, just talking about sports. Like some guys have one good year, one good moment, and that kind of sticks with them, giving them the benefit of the doubt for, for years after that, regardless of whatever happens in the meantime. And then there are, you know, maybe some other things that can happen in sports and talking about coaches in this specific instant where they can maybe struggle or, or have a bad year and it causes some people to not want to give them the benefit of the doubt moving forward. And to me, the latter of those two things is, is interesting when it, when it comes to Greg McDermott, because for some people, and I don't want to create a straw man argument. Like there's a lot of people out there that think Greg McDermott's, you know, he's not that good of a coach. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to create, like I'm arguing with, with nothing here, but I do know I was on the radio at the time. I took emails. I took calls. I've talked to people. I do know for, for a while, I think a lot of people looked at Greg McDermott and the Iowa state struggles stuck with people. And then for whatever reason, this I never understood. The great run that Greg McDermott had at the beginning of his his time at, at Creighton, the great one run with his son, Doug McDermott and Gibbs and those guys going to three straight NCAA tournaments, people kind of tend to chalk all that up to Doug and wanted to give Greg no credit. That's ah, Doug. Now, I, I, I remember once once... Doug graduated. Is like well, we're going to see if if Coach McDermott can coach without his son. And I think those two things has caused some hesitancy over the years for people in going kind of all in on Greg McDermott being a great coach, which I think is silly. And then the other thing that has caused some hesitancy for people to kind of go all in on Greg McDermott over the last handful of years, I think a lot of that has changed or is changing is not having that NCAA tournament run, that Sweet 16 run. And as frustrating as it is, college basketball is a sport where most people make their opinion, shape their opinion on you based on what you do in March Madness. If you don't make a run, they punish you for it. Which I, which I understand, but it's also frustrating as well. So you kind of combine all those things. The Iowa State struggles, people wanting to give Doug all the credit, nothing for Greg. Uh, during that run, and then the lack of an NCAA tournament run, all those things created some hesitancy from people to want to kind of go all in on Greg McDermott being an elite coach. Well, here we are in 2022. And to me, this dude has just kind of like all the narratives. He's just like, nope, that's all the, like, I don't even know what the argument would be against Greg McDermott being a a great coach. Like all the things, well, see what he does without Doug. Uh, check. What about Iowa State? What about it? What about it? That was over, that was 13 years ago. What about it? Well, the NCAA tournament, they went to the Sweet 16 last year. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens when he's in the Big East. Oh, really? Check the banners at, at CHI Health Center. This, and to me, this year is his best coaching job he, he's done. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. New menu item alert. It's back. 
The Ruben Runza is officially back at Runza. It is everything you love about a Ruben wrapped up inside the greatness of a Runza sandwich. Talking corned beef, Reuben sauce, sauerkraut, Swiss cheese, all inside the deliciousness of a Runza sandwich. So you need to drop everything you're doing and head out to Runza and get your Ruben Runza game right. My dad, Rich Baugh, he approves. Big Reuben Runza fan. So get like my dad and get a Reuben Runza today. You can even order it in the app. Go to the App Store, download the Runza app. You can order a Reuben Runza. You can earn rewards, by the way, and have a delicious Reuben Runza waiting for you at the restaurant where you skip the line and get right to getting your grub on. Again, new menu item alert. The Reuben Runza is back. Runza makes it all better. Let's just kind of go through... uh, Here's here's kind of Cliff Notes, Greg McDermott at Creighton. This is his 12th year at Creighton. This will be now his seventh trip to the NCAA tournament. It should be eight trips, but COVID canceled the tournament in 2020, a year in which they would have been a two or three seed, by the way. So it should be pretty much eight NCAA tournament bids, 12 years. Pretty good. Pretty good. Sweet 16 last year. Big East regular season champs in 2020. They've made it, Creighton's made it to the Big East Tournament Championship game three times. Greg McDermott has nine postseason victories while at Creighton. Nine postseason wins. He has five NCAA tournament wins, four NIT wins. And listen, he also took Creighton to the CBI finals in his first year, won four games there. But I'm not even going to include those wins to avoid eye rolls from people. I'll I'll take, I'm not even going to include those four postseason wins. Because some of it, you know, they had to play a best two of three with Oregon. At the end of it, it was weird, right? But nine postseason victories. And really, other than the one year after Doug and Gibbs and those guys left, which was kind of Creighton's down year, which, by the way, that was a roster of guys that were all recruited to play in the Missouri Valley, and all of a sudden, they're in the Big East. Other than than that year, Creighton's years where they took a step back and were down years, they've gone to the NIT quarterfinals both times. Lost at BYU and then at TCU in the two different trips to the NIT. Like, the bad years are quarterfinals to the NIT. And during, it, and I mentioned it, but during Greg McDermott's time at Creighton, Creighton transitioned moving from, from the Missouri Valley Conference to the Big East Conference, which is a big jump, Right? Well, Creighton has the second most wins since the new Big East was formed behind Villanova. Let me let me fucking repeat that. Creighton has the second most wins since the new Big East formed behind Nova. He's built three top ten teams during the past decade. Three different, completely different rosters. Doug McDermott's crew with Gibbs and Rogan, those guys. Maurice Watson, Marcus Foster, Kyrie Thomas, Justin Patton. Cole Hoff, that crew, and then Marcus Zegarowski, Tyshawn Alexander, Mitch Ballack, that crew. So he's done it with multiple different rosters, multiple different players. Oh, and by the way, as he's moved up a level in conferences, he's altered his recruiting profile as well. Multiple guys drafted and in the NBA, multiple top 100 recruits, and last year, Greg McDermott signed a top 10 recruiting class. I could go on and on, but you get the point. Pretty good resume here. Homeboy's got building. And to me, he's a great coach that is kind of seemingly getting better. Again, last two years, Big East regular season champs, 
two years ago, last year, Sweet 16. And then there is this year, which on paper, and, and I was kind of feeling this way a little bit, I think most people were expecting a little bit of a step back this year, right? Lou, Greg McDermott, he loses his entire starting five. He loses his top five leading scorers. Creighton is picked to finish eighth in the preseason Big East media poll, coaches poll, like preseason poll picked eighth. So you kind of feel like, all right, this is a rebuilding year. Could be, could be some growing pains here. Then the season comes. And Greg McDermott's starting five consists of two freshman guards, a Division II transfer at the four, a sophomore who only played 13 minutes a game last year at the five, and another wing starter with 13 career starts, zero of which at Creighton. Oh, and by the way, Greg McDermott's most experienced guard, Sharif Mitchell, gets hurt and only plays sparingly in six games, really banged up, and then is out for the year. And, you know, Sharif Mitchell, that's, uh, people forget about that injury making it then so Greg McDermott has to completely lean on Ryan Nemhard to, to carry the, the point guard load, be one of the top five guys in the minutes in Big East play. You've heard the stat, but it bears repeating. Creighton is the only team in the country that plays three freshmen more than 24 minutes a game. Only team in the country playing three freshmen more than 24 minutes a game. So with all that new, all that youth, all that inexperience, it took a little bit for things to all kind of come together. And that's why you've seen, you, you saw some growing pains early in the year. And, and it's also why you see when things, you still see when things slip, they can really go south just because the margin for error with this team is still razor thin. And the job Greg McDermott has done managing all that is impressive. Just think about it. People that have really followed this team from game one till, till now. Every single player on this roster is, a, is better today than they were on November 15th, December 15th, and even January 15th. Every single one of them have taken like visibly, tangibly, noticeable leaps in improvement. Every one of them. The growth and development in season individually and collectively is pretty impressive. And there have been significant bumps, obviously, along the way. Got punked by Arizona State at home, turned it over, gosh, 18, 20 times against Iowa State at home, blew a 17-point lead at home against Xavier to lose to the Musketeers at home. Like, there have been bumps along the way. But just it's just look at the past 30 days for Creighton. Let's just look, look at the past 30 days for Creighton. So pretty much all of February and the, and the first couple days of March here. Past 30, past 30 days for Creighton. Creighton has played 10 games in 30 days, which is quite a bit. 10 games in 30 days. Creighton goes 8-2. and two. Arthur Kaluma was hurt and missed four games, a starter. Creighton navigates it, goes 4-0 without him. Creighton lost Ryan Kalkbrenner on the road with a sprained ankle at UConn for the final 15 minutes of that game. Again, at UConn, win the game. Starter. Creighton, 
lost Alex O'Connell for the final four or five minutes in a tight game versus Marquette, won the game, started. And then also Creighton lost Ryan Nemhard for the final 10, 12 minutes on the road at St. John's, starter, win the game. I mean, that's that's a lot to navigate and manage, and they have come out with wins more often than not. And Greg McDermott has to get a lot of credit for all that. And Greg McDermott also has done all that with somewhat a different style, too. Like, this team's a lot different than the teams of the past. This team is at the bottom of the Big East in three-point shooting. Their pace isn't quite as good. They've had to win in a totally different way than years past. This team has won with its defense. They've won with its defense, its rim protection, winning the paint. It's front line guys. It's big guys. Hawkins and Kalkbrenner are leading the way. They've usually been kind of a, you know, a, a, a guard-led team that relies on outscoring you, getting the game going fast, maybe playing small ball and, and taking and hopefully making a lot of threes. That's kind of been the Creighton recipe over the years. This year, it's different. So this has just been an absolute masterful coaching job from Greg McDermott. How he's gotten this group to to put their ego aside, buy in, play together, play with just an excellent amount of toughness, execute, win close games. I mean, it's just so impressive. I've, I'm sure by now you know I've always had a, a, a really high opinion of Greg McDermott as a head coach. And he's, even for me, he's raised the bar this year. And I just hope... The people at Creighton, the fans, the people in Omaha, the people in charge at Creighton really appreciate what Greg McDermott has done and is continuing to do. And so it's tough, man. Do I think Greg McDermott will win Big East Coach of the Year? I don't. It's just really hard to take it from Ed Cooley. The Providence, they win the regular season title for the first time in school history. Yeah, they played three fewer games, and those were three pretty sizable games, right? They Providence didn't have to play at Creighton. They didn't play UConn at home, and they didn't play at Seton Hall. But listen, the, the Friars are the champs. And to the victor go the spoils. So it's tough to take it away from Cooley, and I'm okay with Ed Cooley being the coach of the year, Big East coach of the year. But does Greg McDermott deserve the award? I mean, probably. And again, it's not to, like, by saying, like, listen, Greg McDermott deserves it does not mean that Ed Cooley, like, both guys are very deserving. And like I said, I'm fine with Cooley winning it, and he deserves it. I just think when you look at it, I think Greg McDermott has had the most impressive coaching season, in my opinion. I mean, Cooley, did, they returned Nate Watson. They returned Horkler and Bynum. You know, they get a they get a grad transfer who's a, a proven commodity at this level, and Al Durham coming from Indiana. You know, they also they returned Ed Crosswell. Like, they, they – and they're, they're one of the oldest teams. They're one of the 10 oldest teams in college basketball. Like, they're they're an older, veteran, senior-laden, experienced team where you look at Creighton and it's just a – it's a youth movement full of inexperience. And so it's just – it's hard to compare the two. But again, I'm Ed, listen, the Friars are the biggest champs. So I'm cool with Cooley winning the, winning the coach of the year. But, man, that doesn't mean Greg McDermott's not deserving of it. Really impressive coaching season for Greg McDermott. And obviously, the season isn't over, so I don't want to speak like it, like it's over and put a bow on it or whatever. But, but I do think sometimes you got to stop in the moment and appreciate what you're watching. 
Sometimes you got to stop in season, smell the roses for a second, and hand out then the flowers to the people that are making those roses all smelly, all delicious smelling. So Greg McDermott, major, major, major salute. Just impressive with what he's done with this group. Last thing on Creighton, we'll wrap it up. I am going to be fascinated to see how Creighton gets treated in the postseason individual, you know, all-conference awards. Again, taping this Thursday, March 3rd, still got the the final games of the regular season on Saturday, March 5th, and then obviously head to New York and you, the, the awards and all that stuff will, will get handed out. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Creighton. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Now, Ryan Nemhart is a lock for freshman of the year. I mean, he he's won the Biggie's freshman of the week, what, six, seven times, whatever it is. He's a lock for Biggie's freshman of the year. But I really, really wonder how the voting is going to shake out with two players for Creighton, Ryan Hawkins and Ryan Kalkbrenner. In my opinion, both guys have played at an all-conference level and deserve some acknowledgement. And we, even within that, in my opinion... Ryan Kalkbrenner has played at a Big East Defensive Player of the Year level as well. And what's interesting is you haven't really heard any chatter about him for that award. There's there's not been – and a lot of this stuff goes back to it's just like anything else for uh, the Heisman Trophy or different – like there's there's narratives and stories and, and if guys get, get – tabbed early as as oh this guy's the front runner for that he's this he's that like it's it's though they then become kind of the odds on favorite and just people weren't expecting Kalkbrenner to have the year that he had so there just wasn't a lot of eyeballs on him but for me I've covered the league all year with what I do with Fox I've covered I've covered this league all season and in my opinion he's the most impactful defensive player in the Big East Conference I think game in and game out Week in and week out, the most impactful defensive presence has been Ryan Kalkbrenner. Think about this. Ryan Kalkbrenner ranks second in the Big East in blocks. And then here are the Big East conference-only Ken Palm defensive numbers. Number one defensive efficiency, Creighton. Number one effective field goal percentage defense, Creighton. Number one two-point field goal percentage defense, Creighton. Highest ranked 
Ken Palm defensive efficiency, efficiency team in the Big East is Creighton. Creighton's got the twenty is ranked twenty third in in Ken Palm's ranking of defensive efficiency. Efficiency. I mean, Creighton's got one of the twenty five best defenses in the country right now. And don't get it twisted. All of that is because of Ryan Kalkbrenner. Again, highest ranked defensive efficiency. Creighton's at 23rd in, in the nation in Ken, in Ken Palm, which is tops in the Big East. And that is all because of the incredible rim protection and paint protection of Ryan Kalkbrenner. Yet he's gotten very little discussion with the Defensive Player of the Year. Little puzzling. So it's going to be interesting. I just think there's a chance that when all the dust settles in about a week from now, I don't know. Ryan Kalkbrenner might not get any postseason love other than maybe an honorable mention all Big East. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. And that's crazy considering the season he had. He went toe-to-toe with Sonogo twice, outplayed him twice, won both games. I mean, there's you could easily make a case. Kalkbrenner's been one of the best, if not the best, big man in, in the Big East. He He's I mean, he Ryan Kalkbrenner, here are his numbers right now. Overall season season average, 12.5 points per game, 7 rebounds, 2.6 blocks per game, 63, 63% from the field, 71% from the free throw line. In conference play, 12 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, 2.6 blocks per game, 58% from the floor, 77% from the free throw line. He ranks number 2 in the Big East in blocks, and he leads the Big East in offensive rebounds. And Creighton's in third place. That feels like a guy that deserves some postseason love, does it not? That feels like a guy that deserves some postseason love. And I checked again today from a national perspective. Kalkbrenner, what he might have been 16th in block shots per game. Block leaders, he's 16th. And he has the fewest fouls of anybody in the top 100 shot blockers in the country. What he's done defensively is impressive. And the numbers bear that out. All of Creighton's amazing defensive numbers because of that guy. And then there's Ryan Hawkins, who I think it would be criminal if he's not, at, if he's not on one of the all-conference teams, at least second-team All-Big East. He's top 10 in scoring and rebounding in the conference. As of last weekend, he was leading the Big East in double-doubles. His numbers overall for the season, 14.2 points per game, seven rebounds. His shooting splits, 45% from the floor, 37% from three, 81% from the line. In conference play, 14.6 points per game, eight rebounds per game, 44% from the floor, 37% from three, and 81% from the free throw line. He's had big games. He's had 30-point performances. And again, his team's... Won games. They've won 12 biggest games. His team's in third place right now. So it's interesting. Like, I don't think Creighton's the best team in the Big East at all. And I don't think they're necessarily just uber-freaking-talented. But you could make a really strong case for Ryan Hawkins being all-conference, for Ryan Kalkbrenner getting some all-conference love. 
for Ryan Kalkbrenner being the defensive player in the Big East, Ryan Nemhard being the freshman of the year, and you could certainly make a case. I would think he'll finish second in Coach of the Year voting and talking about Greg McDermott in the Big East. You could really make it, you know, each of those individual things you could argue for. You could argue that Ryan Hawkins, Ryan Kalkbrenner deserve to be in for, on the first and second, between the 10, 12 guys, whoever all makes the first and second team, like Hawkins and Kalkbrenner deserve to, to be on there. You can make a case for Kalkbrenner, Defensive Player of the Year. Ryan Emhart's going to be the freshman of the year, and you can make a case for Graham McDermott's Coach of the Year. It's just, it's amazing to think, though, with all that, like the only option that I'm confident is going to happen is Ryan Emhart's winning freshman of the year, which is, to me, a lock. Other than that, I could see Kalkbrenner and, Haw- Kalkbrenner and Hawkins getting snubbed, which I think would be really, really unfortunate. I Again, I haven't really heard Kalkbrenner's name for Big East Defensive Player of the Year, so I don't anticipate that happening. I think you're looking at a Justin Minaya, Isaiah Whaley, even you know Ike Obiagu type of award being handed out to with those guys. And then obviously Cooley's going to win Big East Coach of the Year, which again, I'm fine with since he did a great job and Providence won the league. But I'll be, I'll be fascinated to see how all this shakes out. Because if I... My gut knee-jerk award awards for what they're going to shake out to be next week, I think Colin Gillespie is your player of the year. To me, that's a lock. Freshman year is going to be Ryan Nemhard. Your coach of the year is going to be Ed Cooley. Greg McDermott, I think, should be in the conversation, but it's going to be Ed Cooley. And then defensive player of the year, man, I don't know. I, again, I think it should be Ryan Kalkbrenner. But, uh, man, I'm maybe going to go Justin Manaya. Just because Providence won the league and you could see a lot of those guys. Like, sixth man of the year is going to be Jared Bynum and all that stuff. Like you'd see a lot of those friars getting some love. Oh, and by the way, I wonder what the all-freshman team is going to end up looking like. Because, I mean, Creighton's got so many freshmen. Could they get two? It's going to be hard to get three on there, but you can make a case that all three are deserving, right? Ryan Nemhard for sure is going to be on the Big East all-freshman team. He's going to be the biggest freshman of the year. And then between... Trey Alexander and Arthur Kaluma, both guys have made a pretty good case that they deserve to be on it. Really, outside of Cam Jones and and you know the two freshmen at Butler, like and Aminu Muhammad at Georgetown, like there's not a the the other the other freshmen not like not a lot of freshmen necessarily making enormous impacts. So it's just it's it's interesting when you kind of take a look at it all, how Creighton's going to kind of factor into the postseason awards. Got a lot of guys that are pretty darn deserving. But to wrap it up to what I said throughout the beginning of this podcast, man, the job Greg McDermott has done with this team is just so impressive. And sometimes you got to stop in the moment and appreciate what you're watching. So, Greg McDermott, goodness gracious. What a job, coaching. Really, really, really impressive. A Huda Media Production.